Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we are systematically unfolding what the Scripture teaches regarding what a lot of us sometimes find to be hard-to-understand theological topics. But we believe what A.W. Tozer said, all theology must be based upon the Word of God. Theology is not an end in itself, but rather points to the one who is greater than theology. When theology becomes an end in itself, it ceases to be a way into the knowledge of God. Whew, that's a good one. We might have to unpack I, that one a little bit. <laughs> I found that online somewhere, and I said, let me set that aside. Let me let yeah. me remember this one. Well, we are always working hard here at Kitchen Table Theology to help make you biblically solid in your theology. Today's podcast kicks off our second, what, chapter, component? <laughs> we don't know. A component? Second, we... <laughs> half, quarter? <laughs> half, whatever know. it might be, of the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast. We have a little over 100 episodes under our belts, and Pastor Jeff and I have enjoyed some time off. Little season of Easter for you, which you know, for a pastor yeah. is is yeah. just a great time off. <laughs> what did you do with all of the extra time that you had? Well, we've been doing this weekly for about two years now, so we are back and ready to jump into what will be our next one hundred episodes, or however long everybody yeah, puts up with we, us. <laughs> we are, and and welcome back to all of us. So, kitchen table theologian, hopefully you've been sticking with us. We've had a couple of bonus. Podcast and last week our podcast, uh, my interview with Lee Strobel. Hope that was that was helpful. And we have enjoyed the break. I, I'm not going to lie, I have enjoyed the break. <laughs> but Jen and I are ready to get back to it. So we have just been so encouraged recently by your texts and comments and emails and so forth. And we have listeners now from other countries and folks listening from various states around the U.S. And for that, we are very grateful. We sure are. And I'm sure the big question you're all asking now is, where are we going from here? <laughs> On episode 99, Pastor Jeff mentioned a few possible directions, but tell us what's up in this next whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> well, there are... A million different directions we could take, but I've landed on one that will take us, you know, pretty deep into our next 100 episodes if we last that long. We never thought we'd last this long, but here we are. <laughs> and, you know, I, Jen and I, we hope you like this. I, I think it will be great for us to learn and give you a deeper appreciation for Jesus and what he has done in purchasing our salvation for us. So, Where I want to take it is based upon this. In the mid-90s, I read something that really affected me quite positively, and being a little bit of a theology nerd, I purchased an eight-volume set of books entitled Systematic Theology by Lewis Berry Schaefer, and you're thinking, who does that? I'm just thinking about the Encyclopedia Britannica that my (laughs) parents bought for me that had the childcraft section in there. Yeah, that was probably the largest volume of books I ever had. I've I've owned this set of books for what, 25 years, mm-hmm. probably. And I still reference them frequently whenever I'm preparing the podcast. So, But Lewis Berry Schaefer was the first president of Dallas Theological Seminary out in Texas. And in volume three, in the middle of the book, 
he has this subheading. It's it's almost an oh by the way type of a thing. Mm. And he entitled it The Essential Character of God's Undertakings, which doesn't really make you want to read a whole lot more. But <laughs> but then what he did in the book is he lists 33 works of God that happen to the believer at the moment of salvation. And he calls them the riches of divine grace. Wait, how many? 33. 33. Yeah. There are 33 things that happen at the moment of salvation. Well, there's probably more, but that's <laughs> those are the things that he listed. So he, he explains that these things are not experienced as much as they are applied to us. Mm. So some of them we experience at the moment of salvation. The majority of them are applied to us at the moment of salvation. They are not progressive. In other words, they are instantaneous at the moment of salvation. They, they are completely unrelated to any human merit, mm. you know, the stuff that we do. And there's nothing of us in any of them. In, in other words, hmm. they are eternal in their character. They are known to us only by revelation that it by and through the word of that by and through the word of God. And they are brought about by God alone. So our fingerprints aren't anywhere on these 33 hmm. things. The more we understand and see the depth of what Christ has accomplished for us, the better we can live for him, the better we can worship him. And so, Lord willing, over the next 33 episodes, and we'll probably have a bonus one in there, or a, the quizzes were popular, so we'll probably throw in some more mm-hmm. quizzes along the way. But over the next 33 episodes or so, we'll discover the 33 things that happen <laughs> at the moment of salvation. That's an alliterative yeah, wonder that, boy, right that'll, there. <laughs> that'll preach, won't it? Well, I suppose it, I'm just struggling with the 33 because I suppose we could all think of a few things off the top of our heads, but I don't know if I could come, come up, up with, with 33, with 33 things. things. I'd probably be a little hard pressed. So can you give us an idea of kind of just the overall scope of some of the things that we're going to be talking about? Yeah. Um, just let, let me just give you a little bit of a laundry list here. So at the moment of salvation, I'm justified, which means I'm declared right with God, by God, because of what Christ has done. All right, that's one. I am in the eternal plan of God. I am a made a child of God. I have access to God. I'm reconciled to God. I'm forgiven. I'm part of the eternal redemptive plan of God. I have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. I am free from the condemnation of the law. I've been adopted into the family of God. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. I am made a member of a royal and holy priesthood. I'm a light in the the Lord to spread his fame in this world. I have been blessed with the Holy Spirit. I possess every spiritual blessing. I am complete in him. I am glorified spiritually and one day will be glorified actually. Those are what? A dozen? A dozen. And that's a good list. <laughs> yeah. That's a good so list. So we'll take each one of those and, and unpack those, along with about 20 more or so. As you list them off, I know there's so much more than, as you just said, than what you've listed. And I see that it's definitely going to have application for believers no matter where we are in our spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. I think that seems like a list that we should all have on our bathroom mirrors <laughs> in the morning, just kind good of a reminder yep. That's you know, who you are. to yeah. walk through that. you know. And I feel that somebody's new to the faith, this can kind of help them shape that new identity in Christ Absolutely. and know, yep. know what that means. Because we talk about these concepts of the old passing away and now I'm becoming new. Right. But what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So, you know, applying these truths will be, you know, that effective foundational step 
in our faith journey, again, no matter where we are. And for someone who's been in the faith for a while and is continuing to grow as a believer, again, it's that daily encouragement, you know, mm-hmm. gives us reason to celebrate. And, you know, for folks that are taking their faith seriously and seeking to share it with others, then this kind of builds that framework for that, you know, kind of bubble up of contagious mm-hmm. excitement that can happen there. And I love always love this phrase or anytime we get to go back to this, because I often have to remind myself of this, to understand better this phrase of coming to terms with the joy of mm-hmm. our salvation. Because I think those of us that have been walking this path for a while, we forget that yeah. quite often. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that, that helps, uh, that helps keep us grounded. It helps on those difficult emotional days, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, boy, if we could paint all 33 of these on the mirror and read them every morning and remind ourselves of identity, of our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. man, we start, what a way to start the day. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll do these 33. So the first one up for us, and we'll, we'll, we'll hit this today. Um, and they, by the way, these are in no order of importance. I was just about to ask. I was yeah, just they're, about they're to ask. All kind of, Equally important in some regards. We're not going in some order of importance, but they are, they are all equal in terms of things Christ did for us at the moment of salvation. All of these represent an inner spiritual transaction that takes place in the life and standing of every new believer who comes to place his or her faith in Christ alone for salvation. But I think we'll start with this one, and it's a good one. The believer is in the eternal plan of God. Mm. The believer is in the eternal plan of God. And what that truth teaches us is that God has a sovereign purpose for every believer. So every believer is significant in God's infinite and eternal purpose. Even you. Even me. And even me. (laughs) So God will fulfill that purpose with an absoluteness that flows out of his infinity. Is that deep mm-hmm, enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Romans 8, 29, and 30 talks about this. So that's our sort of our key verse f- for this. So, Jim, would you read that for us? Romans 8, 29, and 30, please. Sure. God knew them before he made the world, and he chose them to be like his son, so that Jesus would be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. God planned for them to be like his son, and those he planned to be like his son, he also called. And those he called, he also made right with him. And those he made right, he also glorified. So Paul's talking about believers right there. And that is, wow, does that have a lot Mm -hmm. in those two verses. So God made you for a reason. Your life has profound meaning. I think it was Albert Einstein who said, God doesn't play dice. (laughs) We discover the meaning and purpose for our lives only when we make God the reference point of our lives. So that that really doesn't occur until the moment we bow our knees and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior mm-hmm. and that we appropriate that truth personally. You know, I, I ran across a poem by Russell Kiefer and I thought, well, you know, this poem, I'm not a big poem guy. Mm. I love hymns and hymns are really poems set to music, mm-hmm. I guess you could mm-hmm. say. But this poem sums up this truth, I think, really well. You just read scripture. How about reading a poem for us? I will try. <laughs> I will try my best. And it is it is beautiful, and I, I have some thoughts after. But you are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. 
He knit you together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose, and no matter how you feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind, and they bear the master seal. No, the trauma you faced was not easy, and God wept that it hurt you so, but it was allowed to shape your heart so that in his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. I think that's a good one. It's that, a fantastic yeah. one. It's a fantastic one, especially those of me who are parents struggling to raise teenagers <laughs> and remind Speaking them. Speaking of trauma. <laughs> yes, remind them. <laughs> you know, and, and this needed to speak to me in, in speaking truth to my kids, like reminding them of who they are, but more importantly, mm-hmm. whose they are. Mm-hmm. And the self-doubt that I have as a parent, given that responsibility, yeah. it was a good reminder that I've been placed in this role for And you were given those reason. children for a purpose and a reason, and mm-hmm. they got you f- and Fred for mom and dad for a reason, mm-hmm. all part of God's eternal plan. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, for, really important for us to understand that long before you and I were conceived by our parents, we were already conceived in the mind of God. Mm-hmm. That's what that Romans 8 verse said. Mm-hmm. So God was the first one to ever think of us. All of us are alive because God created us. Psalm 138, 8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. So let's just consider this a second. God deliberately, so kitchen table theologian, God deliberately chose your race, your hair color, or your lack of hair. (laughs) He determined your natural talent. He determined the uniqueness of your personality. The Bible says, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body, how I was sculpting nothing into something, God says. He planned where you would be born. He knows where and when you will die. He has left no detail of your life or mine to chance. All of this, our lives, all of that, all of our lives have been planned for his purpose. And and Jen, the Apostle Paul touched on these truths in one of his sermons found in Acts. Would you read Acts 17, 26, please? From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. There it says it right there. He has determined our appointed times and the boundaries of where we live. So, so Jen, what we see here is that our very being, our existence, has been designed by the plans of God, and we are part of the purpose of God. And that's one of the things that is applied to us at the moment of salvation. We have purpose, you and I, and although we don't have time today, but we have touched on these in previous podcasts, our purpose is seen in at least five ways. And on these five, we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll go through them quickly. First is foreknowledge. Okay, God foreknew from all eternity every step in the entire program of this universe down to its minutest detail. In other words, God knows and knew everything beforehand, and that includes you and I, foreknowledge. Second is predestination. What a great theological word. What a great doctrinal word, predestination. God determined beforehand the things which come to pass. That's the definition. And if we are in Christ, he knew that we would come to him long before we were ever born, that we would be recipients of the riches of his grace. Thirdly, we are the elect of God. We are part of his chosen people. Fourthly, we are chosen. 
And when applied to those who become Christians, this emphasizes a particular act of God, which he separates unto himself the people who have been saved. So when you come to faith in Christ, God has, in doing that, God has separated you unto himself. And as a Christian, you bear the high distinction of having been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And lastly, we are called. God invited us into fellowship with him through his son, Jesus. We received a divine call. And when we heard that call and we responded to it, the angels in heaven rejoiced. We who are in Christ are, dear ones, part of God's eternal plan. So that's the first thing that happened well, not the first thing, but in our list, it's the first thing <laughs> of the 33 things that happened at salvation to each one of us. We became part of God's eternal plan. You know, there's a word that I sometimes use. I don't think we hear it very often. Stupendous. Stupendous. <laughs> and is, that, that, <laughs> is that a favorite word? Do you have a favorite word? I have lots of favorite words because I have a whole list of words I don't like. So I have a list of favorite words to counteract. So, and I think I've said this words. before, but kitchen table theologian, I think this is important for you to know. <laughs> That when I discover a word Jen refuses to say, mm. I write it into the notes, and I try to force her to say it. Some of them are not <laughs> difficult because some of them are pastor words up and down, through and through. But I think we but can stupendous. both agree on stupendous today. Yeah. And I want to circle back to where we started. None of this has anything to do with us. The, None this of it. Is, this is all, and I think that's why it's hard for us to wrap our number, wrap our mind around that number thirty-three because we. It's just like inconceivable. It's not hard you know? to, why is it hard to wrap your mind around? <laughs> I don't around know. It just seems so big. I think we make it so small. Like we often make God so small sometimes. Like I got um, saved and that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah lots of, of things happened. But, but, but we didn't do them. So <laughs> the only part we had in any of that is we sinned. Mm-hmm. And then we turn to Christ. That's the only part we had and in any like of this. We don't like to talk about that one part, no. do we? <laughs> no. Well, hey, I am excited, and we hope that you are as well. We can't wait for the other 32 of the many things we're going to cover here today. And we'll probably go down some rabbit trails along the way. I cannot imagine <laughs> we won't, yeah. Well, we want to say thank you to all of you listening to Kitchen Table Theology, but we also have another special thank you today to our sound engineer, Anna Schoenstra. She's a about to go off on a new... This is her last time to record our podcast. It is. She's been weeping all morning. She I has. didn't know if you knew She's that. She's having to stifle the, <laughs> yeah, the, the sniffling. Emotions. Yes, the, the emotions She's there, going to college. She is, and she's going to continue one of the many things that God has purposed for her here yep. in our church family and go and off and do... We're very proud of yes, Anna. So thank you, very Anna. Very proud. Very, very proud. One of our many kiddos. When I reach that age, I get to say our kiddos that are, you know, in their 20s now. Whatever helps you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, if you are joining us for this second ride, let's call it a ride. Okay. I knew you'd come up with something. (laughs) On Kitchen Table Theology, then we would love for you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening from. And do kindly rate us and leave a review. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. Let's use our words. Yes, there we go. And another big shout out to our team at Streamline Podcast. Danny heads up that team for us. Love them. So great. So great. And you can find more about their work at StreamlinePodcast.com. Also, if you're in the researching mood, head on over to JeffCranston.com for more information about Pastor Jeff, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. Next week, we'll be back with another great episode about... Well, you'll just have to... Well, next... 
Oh, I'm no. We're we're just going to say this as we go. Oh, we're not giving. We're just giving little oh, teasers. Well, we'll give some of it away. Okay. But what do you want it to be about? I don't Which know. Pick, what do you out, want it to be about? <laughs> Here, we'll, we'll pick one out right now. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.